Welcome to the podcast, Appetite for Distortion, episode number 376. My name is Brando. Another two-interview episode for you coming up later on under the guise of Appetite for Discovery. We have the New Roses, not to be confused with Guns N' Roses, but the New Roses out of Germany. We're going to be speaking with lead singer Timmy Ruff, so stick around for that. But first, this is not going to have video because apparently the visual is so horrific. Blackie Clawless just meowed at me as I'm recording, and I'm going to leave it on there. Blackie, you can't see this for your, your virgin eyes. He's fixed. He definitely hasn't seen anything. <laughs> I love it. But we welcome first from the legendary, never controversial, Gwar, lead guitarist, Postuous Maximus, and apparently you were involved in some sort of bloody orgy. There are just secretions and liquids everywhere. That I, I just can't see this from my own pathetic human eyes. Everybody else is surrounding me, blowing me and stuff. You know, they, I, I can't. I'm not going to bother getting consent. I don't even know their names. <laughs> That's okay, and I appreciate you coming on today regardless. Of course. Right on. So I'm also excited to talk to you today because I just watched one of the best videos I've ever seen. The gory masterpiece that is the cut, uh, the the cutter, with uh, yeah, yeah. So can we talk about that with with Lizzie Hale, who I didn't know with a was a scum dog. Apparently, her name is Clitoris Maximus. Can you tell us about the history there? Well, you know, I I was trying to keep it a secret for a long time. You know, people always asked us how we hooked up with Lizzie Hale, and uh, you know, I didn't really want to say too much and blow her cover, but yeah, we're related. She's my sister. You know, we go way back, of course, obviously, you know, sharing the same parents and whatnot. But uh, she's a shapeshifter. She's adapt adapted herself quite well to you know, the human environment. And I thought you guys would have figured it out by now. You know, it's like what other human can sing and play instruments the way that she can? I mean, it's unreal. So it's out of this world. So you're, you're right there. Uh, so I guess it's about I guess it's about time you people know the truth. So is it okay that I'm attracted to an alien then? Because Lizzie Hale, she's a, she's attractive. Does that mean is it interspecies relationships? Do you condone that? Uh, well, of course. I mean, we're, that's what I'm doing right now. <laughs> okay, fair enough. And uh, the video is in support of the the new Dark Ages. Uh, can you talk about that video shoot? It was very Evil Dead like. Lots of blood, lots of appendages and, and intestines, and I loved it. It was great. Well, you know, the video was great. You know, it's, you know, we, we were able to do most of the shooting. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure if everybody's aware, but, you know, when I'm not on tour with Guar, it's like I work at Burger King in Antarctica. And I also live in a shack in the woods, basically. So we were just able to do everything in my compound. Uh, and I think most of it was shot with just hunting cameras that are set up around the property because it's not mine. I'm just squatting, basically. And we were able to steal all the SD cards, put them all together, and edit, edit together pretty much. And it was great. It was a good time. Awesome. And you're taking time during your, your tour. How's the tour going so far? How's the, the crowd receiving the new album? And how's any highlights so far from uh, you know being on the road here in uh, on Earth? The shows have been doing fantastic. The, uh, the crowd is, is definitely into it. They're enjoying the new show. We're enjoying playing a lot of the new songs off the record. And, uh, you know, we're fortunate that, you know, a band could exist as long as we have and not just be dialed into being a complete legacy act. You know, like we don't have to go out and just play our old records or old hits. That's that's the benefit of never writing a real hit. You, know, you don't have, you're not stuck playing it over and over and over again. And uh, it's great, man. You look out in the front row and. People know all the words to the new songs and shit like that. That's that's big, man. That's really big for us because, you know, some of the guys in the band are hesitant about playing a bunch of new shit. 
And I'll admit, you know, there's plenty of bands that I've seen over the years where they got a new record coming out. I'm just like, yeah, can you just play the tunes I know from the 80s? <laughs> but hey, man, that's what we do. You know, Guar is a band that we live on stage. That's that that is the correct way to experience Guar in its best form instead of, you know, the records and the comics. They're, they're all great, too. But these are like these are just things that we do along the way of being a band you know coming to see the stage show that's that's it that's the shit that's the bee's knees the cat's meow <laughs> and i want to talk about the the stage show because you're going to be in my neck of the woods uh new york on halloween i mean gore and halloween that's perfect but for do you ever notice whoever goes to a gore show are they ever surprised do they know what they're getting in for do you, do you see go look out at the crowds uh, we earthlings and see people pass out or or or, or laugh or what, what's going on when you're looking out in the crowd uh when you're watching people uh watch you well I'm mainly uh scanning for tits that's that's <laughs> a big big part of my I got experience it. on stage nice. and uh but you know I do see people like I'll, you'll always see the boyfriend and he's got the girlfriend in front of him front row. And you can tell right off the bat that she's never been to a Guar show and has no <laughs> idea what the band is. And when they start, when the blood comes out and they start getting sprayed and covered in it, it's kind of it's kind of humorous because I'm always thinking <laughs> like, well, this could either go really good or really bad for this young man after the show. <laughs> I, I'm suspecting a lot of breakups. Like, Peter, you're into what? <laughs> Oh, but I hey, that's that, not yeah. that's not my problem. It, 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 just me, just a few minutes ago, me trying to explain the interview I'm going to do now to my wife, I kind of got the same reaction. Okay, what? What are you gonna, Okay, have have fun with that. Oh, amazing. Um, well, I, I, if you haven't noticed the name of the podcast, Appetite for Distortion, I always look for a six degrees of Kevin Bacon. He's a human actor. If you don't know who he is. Uh, Kevin Bacon. Oh, yeah. Okay. Six degrees. Of Ke- I don't know if he's an alien. Uh, you never know. It's Lizzie Hale surprised us. I don't know if this is going to be like a men in black thing where, you know, you're telling us people are aliens from all these years, but I digress. Uh, so I look for a six degrees of, of GNR bacon, I call it. So there's a, there's a couple between Gore and, and Guns N' Roses, and perhaps you can tell me more and perhaps personally, but uh, Gore, use your collusion. Uh, a t-shirt kind of looks like the Use Your Illusion uh, cover with um, our ex-president taking a shit um, using Twitter. <laughs> so uh, do you, who came up with that idea? Do you know who came up with the uh, Use Your Collusion uh, t-shirt and, and poster idea? You know, some of the some of those ideas like that just kind of come naturally. You know, with uh, Trump, there was no shortage of comedic uh, genius that, you know, it is, it, it, truth is stranger than fiction. He he said he had the best quotes of any president ever. You know, I mean, more testing yields, more positive results. You know, and a, a truer statement has never been said. That's the <laughs> motto we've been doing is when we're trying to test our crew for COVID. You know, I mean, we we do let them take the tests, but we throw them in the trash because we're not going to send anybody home if they're sick. We're going to make sure they. They can spread it all around. But as far as user collusion, that's great. I mean, that's a too perfect idea to not use. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, and I understand around the Gore camp, you need as more mucus, the better. It's a different situation. Uh, there was- yeah, just because just because he kept saying no collusion <laughs> over and over again. It was, it was great. Oh, yeah, it, it flowed. And then there's another one. It was before your tenure in Gore. I'm not sure if you played this live, so forgive me. The Road Behind from uh, 1992, has, the video is very, it's in the style of Patience. It's a very slower song. So I'm wondering if you can give us any insight on The Road Behind or talk about that song at all. I mean, yeah, it was written specifically to be a type of ballad, uh, you know, a, a stereotypical rock ballad. And yeah, we, we performed the song plenty of times since I've been in the group. And it's one of... I. I prefer to play that song over maybe something like sick of you, you know, and it it always gets a really good crowd reaction as well. Uh, I don't know why we don't play it more often, but that's neither here nor there, but uh, it's, it's a tune, you know, it was, it was made, it was really made to mock 
that type of power ballad thing that was so stereotypical of all these 80s bands and, and early 90s bands. It started to fade out, you know, with the appearance of grunge and everything. But it, it's, it is humorous that songs like that still carry some emotional weight. Mm. Okay. You know, the crowd, the crowd gets into it, man. They feel something. You know, me, I, I feel nothing. I'm just dead inside. An empty void. I understand. Yeah. So it was, it was. It's a lot of strict emotional training when you're growing up as a maximalist. I wouldn't recommend it for humans. It's pretty fucked up. Mm. And as the maximus, so do you personally, pustuous, a uh, pus, if I may, have any? Do you like Guns N' Roses? Do you have any uh, six degrees of connection to them? Are they too uh, human for you? Um, do Do you like them at all? Have you ever met you, any of the guys on the road? By the way, have you crossed any paths with uh, with Slash? You can anyone? put as you can put like maybe in past tense. Okay. Then then sure okay. sure okay. You know Guns and Roses. I mean that Guns and Roses was cool. You know it. I always liked that shit. It was good. They were just a good fucking solid rock and roll band. You know. And it, but one thing I dislike about it is it's just a, another age old tale of you know, heroin destroying something cool and creative. <laughs> I mean, that's because that's exactly what it did. I mean, heroin fucking literally breaks up everything it touches. You know, Sex Pistols, Guns N' Roses, Alice in Chains, Guar, uh, you know, the list goes on and on and on and on. And nobody ever fucking learns because humans are really dumb. Yeah, that I do not. I will never argue. Uh, I, I wish I was not human. Because I think that most of our species is pretty, pretty, uh, pretty stupid. But can you tell us maybe a good thing, if you can? I know you're an empty, empty guy, but a good thing we can remember about uh, Odorous and something we, we can maybe we don't know a good side of him that he didn't like the show. A good thing. Uh, well, he he left the earth up fifty bucks because he borrowed it from me, and I guess I'll never get it back now. So. That's good, man. He, he went he, okay. he went out on a high note. He stuck it to the man. Okay. But okay. now Odorous is great. You know, he was uh, an irreplaceable rock and roll singer. And, you know, everybody knows he's got such a unique voice and unique presence. And the, the wit of the alien was just unmatched, unmatched by anybody else. You know, and as, as bright as a star as he burned, you know, it just couldn't shine forever type of thing, you know, and, and man, he's a, that's a complicated dude, man. Mm. He loved to shoot himself in the foot. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I, I hear you. I think you sharing that, uh, w with us because I know the Maximus family is very complicated and it's no different than us, us humans. We have complications within our own family, even when it results. Yeah. yeah so, uh, Odorous had a lot of demons. I mean, he was the biggest demon possible yeah so. i mean yeah it's it's good we didn't get enough uh i think the world did not get to share enough of his true talents well you seem to be carrying the torch literal and figurative at, at, at times uh pos uh so i appreciate you carrying on the the guar name so what's the thing if we could switch gears that you look forward to most about a show I mean, wouldn't you rather just be having blood orgies? Do you like performing in front of the people? Do you still, after all these years, because you've been in the band for quite some time now, do you, do you look forward well, to Well, the blood orgies are great. You know, you get to select, you get to pick them out of the crowd, you know, who you want to give the backstage pass to. And you line them all up, you know, and get to, get to do, you know, get to do a lot of questionable, ethically and morally questionable things backstage, and that's cool, but, you know. I don't really feel any regret about it. You just, you got, you only live once, man. You got to try it all. <laughs> right. You just do. You know, you think you learn by now, like each pussy and each dig, they're all, they're all <laughs> pretty much all the same. Yeah. You yeah. know, but it's still, it's like you just got to, just got to sample a taste of it all. Hmm. Yeah. I, I get that. But all that's right. it. I like, I like the blood orgies and I like the, the check at the end of the night <laughs> because I don't know if you know this, but. We've gotten up to a hundred dollars a show. Whoa, triple! I know we're, we're getting we're getting big, man. Whoa. Getting really big. I I think it's finally paying off. Pretty soon, I'll be able to get a tarp that I can <laughs> sit under in my little 
wooded fortress there. That'd be nice. It sounds like my YouTube bank account. <laughs> I'm up to triple digits, I think, finally. Yeah. Uh, but speaking of good taste, though, I got to ask about this because I can, since it's legal now in New York, and I just renewed my legal license for marijuana. Uh, there's a guar strain, your own bud of God's. So can you talk about the strain of uh, CBD oil or what, what comes with smoking? Oh, man, more? not only do we have the butt of gods, but check this out, dude. We got the new dank ages. <laughs> nice. That's coming out, too. Yeah, so that's been a really cool uh, collaboration with uh, Heavy Consequence to do some more, you know, weed and CBD-based stuff. And uh, some of it I think you can buy without a card. I think a lot of the CBD and the Delta eight stuff, you can just straight up purchase it legally. You know, I'm, I'm not, I don't follow all the laws and the rules and just sit around there to be honest. You know, I, I don't apply. really part. Yeah. I don't partake. You know, it <laughs> okay. shit just slows me down. I'm uh, paranoid enough as it is that people are stealing money from me and out to get me. And that at any turn, I'll just have a jilted lover peek around the corner <laughs> with a small child under her arm. Claiming it's mine, you know. Yeah, you that's, don't. You don't need that. I don't. I don't. I don't need. I don't need to be paranoid. Even more paranoid about stuff like that. No. It relaxes some people, but yeah. Give me a hit, son. I'll show you what that shit will do. <laughs> and I'll also say this because uh, for me, it, there are ones that help me focus. There's certain strands that help me focus. There are certain strands that help me sleep. Uh, I also have. I bought a, a. It's like a cream. It's like a Ben Gay uh, of filled with marijuana and it works like it's so it's 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 not just all about cheese and chong there are real actual medical benefits and that's why it's, it's getting legal everywhere new york yeah you still need a card but um like in uh, chicago you don't need it in you know obviously colorado and other other places and guar is obviously um universal so just check out your local laws uh, i get look at me i'm becoming an after school special yeah Hell yeah. <laughs> Plus, I don't want to keep you too long because you're taking time out on your tour, and I don't know what's your what's your regimen like getting ready for a show. Is it the blood orgy, or do you actually play guitar? Or what, how, do you pre- what, how do you prep for the show tonight? Playing guitar, a lot of sexcapades, you know, a lot of sex clubs all over town. You know, that's, and most of them don't open until, like, around 8 o'clock. So that's kind of odd, you know, just milling around a parking lot, trolling. That sort of thing. You look creepy, but, you know, you got to be adventurous at times. Just take what you can get. You know, sometimes you just got to get in where you fit in, man. <laughs> I guess so. Uh, I mean, you got to look, look. Once you go, once you go into the sex club, it's usually like, you know, you get like a little bar area. Then you got like a little locker room and you go into the playroom, dog. You got to take it all off. And at that point, if you got any hangouts, man, you're only hurting yourself. You just got to go with the flow, man. That's true. Telling you. This is what you mean by the new dark ages. Just, just close your eyes and let it happen. <laughs> uh, and, and hey, yeah. you got to, most of the time, you know, single guys can only get in on Thursday. So you got to take your wife with you, you know. That's true. How secure is your relationship? Do you want to take the test? <laughs> I don't know. She's in the other room. So I don't know. I uh, maybe we'll see. I'll, I'm looking forward to the Halloween, though. And anything uh, special planned for the Halloween show? Halloween show? No, just playing Irving Plaza, you know, and just rocking it out like normal. Okay. Uh, we always sell that place out. It's always a fantastic show. The, the kids have a lot of fun. You know, it's interesting to look out there and see all those costumes and stuff that everybody else is wearing. You know, we don't. I don't. We don't get the whole costume thing. We don't wear them. No. You know, we just go out as we are and play a rock and roll show. Yeah, right on. So, anything to look forward to other than well, yeah, you just released a new video with Lizzie Hale, the Cutter. Um, anything planned uh, after that? Uh, yeah, man, we've got uh, we're gonna do something uh, on I think PBS, like the Tiny Desk, or maybe it's NPR. I'm sorry, NPR is Tiny Desk. Yeah. We're gonna do something for that. Uh, December, we're flying out to Mexico City, doing another big metal show, you know. And then uh, we're already talking about festivals in Europe for 2023, and I'm sure we'll be back on the road again doing some other, you know, our normal tour cycles and everything. And, and granted, once, really, I think once this 2022 is out of the way, we'll probably sit down and start throwing around some more ideas for some more tunes. Uh, you know, it's not, it's not a, uh, 
it's not done yet, but we are considering re-releasing the 10-year anniversary of Battle Maximus, Ooh. which is next year, 2023. That album came out in 2013. And uh, it's hard to believe it's been 10 years, but this would have been Odorous Urungus' last performance. Uh, I'll just fucking go ahead and say it. Nobody in the band likes the <laughs> likes the way it was mixed. Okay. To me, it sounds horrible. So uh, we're planning on maybe possibly remixing and remastering that record. And also, we recorded it all in-house, so it's not really belaboring to do so. You know, we've got everything at our fingertips. And then, but I think what a lot of people do not know is we also have a special unreleased track featuring Odorich Youngest, the last one he ever did. It was one that didn't make the cut of the album. So nobody's ever heard it except for the people in the band. Oh, wow. And that's something I'm looking forward to dropping on the rest of the world. You know, we've been kind of holding this a secret for a long time. And uh, we can assure you, you will be very disappointed when you hear it and you will understand <laughs> why it did not make the cut of the record. So it's it's not going to be, just the, just the fact that we have something is what's going to add to suspense. When you actually get it, it's like, oh, oh, okay. I appreciate you setting the the accurate bar, Fustuous. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much. Oh, this was a pleasure. Uh, if we do this again, hopefully, you know, you just put on some clothes. Maybe I need to wear some special glasses so I can look at you. But we can do this on on Zoom next time. But regardless, I really appreciate you taking some time to speak with uh, my lowly human self. So, uh, Pustuous Maximus from Guar, thank you so much for coming on Appetite for Distortion. Awesome. And after the show, if you'd like me to, if you would, if you would like to be part of my flock and I could shepherd you into the sex club, I will let you experience the lifestyle in all its glory. Just let me lead the way. I will have the Vicks Vapor Rub ready. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> well, that was interesting. <laughs> to say the least that was that was fun that really was a lot of fun i enjoyed just being in, in character i don't know if i've ever done an interview with somebody that's in character like that and truth between you just you and me you it was going to be video he was going to put on his costume but apparently it was stuck in the back of their gear truck <laughs> he couldn't get it out in time <laughs> So perhaps next time. This, however, if you are listening on your usual podcast platforms, iHeartRadio, Spotify, whatever, and you want to switch over to YouTube, you can watch it. Appetite for Discovery from Germany. We welcome from the New Roses, Timmy Ruff. Rather than just throwing a bunch of songs together that we think are fun, we're going over it, you know, with a fine-tooth comb and just working on everything to try. That's the goal. Very appetite. For Discovery. And now it is time for a great segment. I love to do Appetite for Discovery, uh, a new band or a band you perhaps may not know. That isn't as obvious to all of us as Guns N' Roses, but we got half the name with us, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> right, Mr. Timmy Ruff of the New Roses, yeah. of the New Roses, uh, out of Germany. Is that where you are right now? That's where I'm at, yeah. It's uh, 5.03 right now. Okay, it's I'm um, in New York, so it's five oh three in the afternoon uh, for you. Right? Yeah, yeah, sure. Okay, because it's eleven in the morning for for me. I know oh, yeah. podcast listeners listen whenever, but I like to keep it, you know, like you're almost like you're listening to live radio, and you're like you're you're there with us. So, uh, thanks for taking time on a on a Monday afternoon, I guess for you for you. Yeah, um, no, no problem. Thanks for having me. Oh, I appreciate it. So, I would love to get some history of you guys because you have a new album out. It sounds, or yes. is it coming out? Uh, Sweet Poison. Next one, next week, yeah. Next yeah, next Thursday. week. So it's it's coming out. the yeah. The video is out now. You have music out now for, sure. yeah. Um, yes. So, uh, tell us because you've done a lot already in your career. You've opened up for ZZ Top. You've opened up for Molly Hatchet. So, can you kind of give us a a rough history of of Timmy and uh, and the New Roses? Uh, so. Uh, we all grew up in a very small town area, which is world famous for its wine, uh, but not for its rock and roll bands. Uh, and uh, so the rock scene was super small. And at the time when I was a like a young teenager, uh, the uh, like that that college punk was super famous, like Sum 41, Blink 182, all these bands. Oh. They were super huge um, in, in Germany as well. So, but I was interested in rock and roll music and um, 
So there were just a handful of guys in pretty much my age that would that would have the same opinion about that. So we would like, you know, see each other and we would, you know, um, meet each other at these festivals and stuff. You know, we would compete in band competitions and, and stuff like that. So but at, at, finally, in 2012, we formed this band and I. I uh, was playing with the drummer Urban for years before that in, in cover bands. And we covered Guns N' Roses and Bon Jovi and, and the Black Crows and whatever, you know, Elvis and Beatles and all these songs. And we were traveling around trying to make a living from that. And then we, um, by accident, we opened up for Blackstone Cherry because their opening act canceled in a, in a venue that I was unknowing guys. And they asked us spontaneously if we could open for them then. And then we played like three, four songs that are, wrote but never played and then we played those songs and it was a big success for that night and then we started uh, we decided that we make a original band you know and then we formed the new roses and made our first record called without a trace and that song the title song was picked by the us tv show uh sons of anarchy and uh, that was a big success for uh, for us because we had no record deal and nothing we were just doing our thing and that put us on the map. And then after that, we played like a million biker events that mm-hmm. you can imagine. Sure. And then we uh, had enough money to to um, produce a new record uh, that was called uh, Dead Man's Voice. And there was a song on it called Thirsty. It was the first time we were played on the radio with that song. And then from that on, we like we just toured nonstop, released One More For The Road, and then released Nothing But Wild uh, on that record was a song called Down by the River. Uh, and that was a big success for us as well. And um, we've been touring nonstop and until COVID hit the uh, complete uh, the whole music industry. And then we took the time to make a new record called uh, Sweet Poison. Okay. Which that's, is going to be next week. Yeah, that's definitely a, a rough history. And I appreciate that. <laughs> and you can check out uh, the, the video. I didn't mention the title, uh, The Usual Suspects. It's out there. And if you watch it on yes. YouTube, it's kind of refreshing. A lot of bands that come on here, I'm checking out the comments. And it's like real rock and roll is surviving. The real, this is what we want. And yeah, it's interesting because yeah. your story I've heard before, whether it's from bands or fans that come on that be like, yeah, not all my friends are into this kind of rock and roll. It's like I have to go find it. It's I find that very interesting because there's obviously a need and a want for it, but we always mm-hmm. have to kind of go looking for uh, our um, our friends or bandmates. So, so I'm glad it, it kind of happened organically um, for you to to be able to do that. But it's it's interesting when I speak to people from other countries. What when you were growing up, what was the music? Because you said it was because. How old of a guy are you? You're saying some 41 and Blink 182. Yeah. How old of a guy are you, if you don't mind me asking? Uh, I was, I'm now 37 and I was oh, like okay. 15, 16 at the time. And um, so, yeah, it was the early 2000s, I would say, you know, and uh, Nickelback just hit the scene and okay. all these bands. But um, they detached all this rock music at that time was de- completely detached from the blues. And, uh, but I love the blues, you know, everything I like has to be somehow connected to the blues, you know, if it's Led Zeppelin, if it's, I don't know, you know, Slayer, everything, you still have to find that connection to, to the blues. And um, that's very important for me. And it's something that you say is, is totally true because the real rock and roll, as we call it, uh, is something that is never um out of fashion but not always like super in fashion right. it's something beyond uh beneath uh the radar you know it's like consistent but not all, it has no super peaks anymore you know so i guess if you're a young kid 15 16 now you 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 have these hip bands rock bands new metal bands punk bands something that is like you know exploding for for a, for a couple of years and then it disappears again or the whole uh, genre changes so much that it doesn't sound at all like it sounded three years before that and uh rock and roll just stays the same you know and that's why it draws people in like me but i, it, I don't think that's uh, 
that's why the, the the like a whole generation is getting like drawn in, you know. Yeah, I hear what you're saying, and as somebody, I have to keep reminding myself how old I am. I'm um, I'm 39. I keep feeling like I'm 25 still. But so I'm yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm the same. Like that. <laughs> that's you that as a compliment, man. <laughs> I know that's what people say, but that's uh, it's so funny. But it's I wanted that to know your age so I can kind of understand what you're saying because yeah. we agree, but at the same time. Yeah, I also grew up with those bands, some 41. I remember seeing yeah. Nickel, Nickelback came to my college, and I went to yeah. go see them. But obviously, just like you, I was drawn to rock with the blues background, and that's why I kind yeah. of went back a few years for Guns N' Roses, because I didn't yeah. really grow up with them, kind of. Like, I, I kind of No, missed. me neither. Me neither. Yeah. I was a couple of years too young. Our drummer's eight years older than me, mm. and he's like 100% in that time, you know? So for him, they were gods. So then who did you look to for, I guess, who did you get your musical influences from? Like for me, because I, I got a lot from my dad, right? Listening to yes. classic rock radio. Um, yes. That's who influenced me. My friends, we're all into it. Yeah, we're all into rock, you know. Uh, yeah. But I got it mainly from my, my dad. So when you were growing up, did you, were your friends, they weren't listening to the same stuff? Did you have older, older siblings? Or how did you seek out this? Uh, yeah. Yeah, how did you seek so, it out and find your voice, I should say? Yeah, yeah. So uh, my dad had a little record com collection uh, with uh, these samplers, like the 50s and 60s samplers, like cool. oldies, sure. you know. Uh, and I grew up on that and I loved it. I loved it so much. Still, I do. Like uh, Elvis, Jerry Lee Lewis, uh, little Richard, Carl Perkins, Johnny Cash, like all these things. Um, and I, till today, it's it's amazing to me. But my older brother, he's four years older than me. And he mm. uh, was like, uh, he was, he had almost, it had a, like a scientific attitude to that. You know, <laughs> he wanted to know everything about like who played in this band and who played in that band. And he loved Led Zeppelin and, and he loved so many bands, uh, Free and, and, and ACDC. It was the first time I heard ACDC was the, when I heard uh, the, the um the monsters of rock live recording like from 91 or something that 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 super legendary life record from the razor's edge tour and um and the, that was the first time i heard it in his car in a, on a cassette on a tape and he put it in and there was back in black live and i thought like this is some, till the day I, I only heard uh elvis and all these things and i thought like this is the like it can't get like more intense or more uh hot, crazy than that you know and mm -hmm. then i heard back black and i was like totally drawn in and, and 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 so my older brother and my father uh together they they had a big impact on me and from that i just wanted to know everything about everything cool yeah i'm the oldest of four so i have three younger brothers and we're all four years apart so i understand your brother yeah. and i've tried to cram into them they all like rock and roll but that's they're, good. They're not as obsessed as I am, but so uh, <laughs> I did. I did a semi semi good job. So for those, because you obviously have a massive fan base, because uh, are you on currently on tour right now, uh, or you're... we start next week? We have our uh, like last rehearsal right after this podcast. Okay, <laughs> okay. so you're gonna be playing yeah. places like the UK and France, yes. right? So yeah. uh, for those who perhaps haven't seen the new roses, yeah. what what could they expect? Because I have listeners everywhere. I have listeners in France and the UK, so yeah. uh, uh, chances are an AFD show listener will go see you. That's cool. Uh, you know, what this show is, is it's very unspectacular, and that's the most spectacular thing about it, you know? It's it's like a, from the from the attitude, it's it's like, a Bruce Springsteen show, you know, it's just like lights on rock and roll, like straight into your face. That's it. You know, no computers, no makeup, no whatever fireworks or mm -hmm. confetti or whatever, you know, it's just like a, a four piece rock and roll band, giving it all to, to make you have a good time, you know? So, and, and we play uh, a lot of songs from every album you know, we, we're not those bands that only play hits or uh, or stuff like that. So we play a lot of stuff from, from every record and um, we're uh, not taking us too serious um, and, and, and just try to 
yeah, to bring that good old rock and roll attitude back on, on stage, you know? Sure. And of that rock and roll attitude, obviously you have originals, you know, uh, but one of the major covers that you did that gained some popularity was Tom Petty's Refugee. Yes, that's true. Uh, before he passed, do you know if he had heard it at all? Or what made you cover that, I guess, as a two-parter? Like I said, uh, Urban and me were uh, surviving as a cover band before we founded the New Roses. Mm-hmm. And, um, and Tom Petty was one of those songwriters that would always pop up in our sets, you know. He, uh, we played many of his songs and uh, not only the hits, but a lot of like Tom Petty songs because we just liked the, his style. And, and uh, what we liked about it was uh, he wrote songs and it, they sounded a lot of uh, very special when he sang them. But they had all these songs had the potential to be super uh, hot rocking songs mm. like Refugee or I Need to Know mm. or... American Girl, all these songs, uh, you could play them with with more gain, and you could sing them in a higher key or something, and then you could, or like like Refugee, we tuned the guitars down and gave it a more like a darker uh, attitude. So uh, that's what we liked about Tom Petty, uh, or that's what that's what we always liked about him that that you could take his songs. And and put take them somewhere else, and they still work uh, in a different context. And that's why uh, we we decided to to record that on our very first EP, two thousand and twelve, I guess it was. Okay, I mean, obviously Tom Petty has been covered uh, a thousand times, but you don't. Yes. He never, when he was uh, alive, did he ever? Was he aware of it of the single? I don't. Uh, know. Okay. I don't think so. All right. And, so. Figured I'd ask because you never know. You never know. Uh, you did. It was his favorite cover, and he j- was just typing the email. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. There to you let go. us know, but I yeah. maybe not. There you go. There we, there we found something out. Breaking news. Uh, <laughs> you also mentioned that you covered because uh, I got to ask uh, Guns N' Roses. What what songs did you uh, or songs did you cover when you were back in the day? Uh, I think it was Sweet Child of Mine. Uh, and uh, I did that a lot with the just the acoustic guitar to make people. Uh, stare, you know, just to draw attention, because it's super tough to to do that. Um, and um, so, yeah. And the toughest thing about it, I still remember that because uh, in the original version, the guitars are tuned down, half half step, and we didn't have uh, like the, the spare guitars or whatever, so uh, we couldn't, and we didn't have the time to tune the guitars down, so. I had to always sing on every Guns N' Roses song. Uh, I had to sing one half a note higher than the original song. Oh, wow. So I remember uh, always uh, there was a pain in the ass for me. Just it was a <laughs> big challenge, big challenge to me to play Guns N' Roses in the bars because I only always sang them half half a step up. Oh, that's oh, a half a step up over over the original. I mean, that's a, that's yeah. that's probably you must have broke glass all around you. Jeez. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It did, it, and it didn't work out always. It didn't mm. always work out. It was sometimes it was big stretch and yeah. I'm sure you had rocking. fun doing it. I yeah, do, yeah, yeah. Uh, I do. I got to ask. Uh, did you ever get a chance to see them live in any capacity? I've never seen them. I've never. Okay. I've never seen them live. Uh, okay. Because when when they reformed and 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 got back on tour, we were already so busy that sure. I've never I've never had a day off when they played. And I would like to see that. I saw a lot of them on the on the on the internet. And uh, but sooner or later, they will play a festival that we play. Sure. And then I'll, I'll get to see them. Yeah. Yeah. Right on. So I, I guess I'll just ask this. And uh, as a vocalist, because you you yes. told me one of the challenges of of imitating Axel or trying to. Uh, recreate a song in your own image, but what do you think about him as a as a vocalist? Is he because he's pretty unique and he has all these ranges? Uh, what do you? How do you? Uh, how would you attack? Like how do you look at Axel's vocals as opposed to I mean Tom Petty and all these others? I mean, you know, mm-hmm. it, it, do you think he's really? Uh, does he belong on that mountain ro- Rushmore? You think of, of rock and roll vocalist? Is he up there? You know, when I um, first got to know the music of Guns N' Roses I really never liked it so much because I came from that uh, 70s mm. like uh, rock and and in those those the looks and the attitude like that totally destructive uh like way of life and way of 
of putting your music out and that total like 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 uh putting the your drug addictions into the spotlight and and, and making mm. that uh, like like a merchandise tool for you i i couldn't understand that at that time and i th just thought it's 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 stupid mm. this uh, that's how it seemed to me you know so i didn't pay much attention to uh to guns and roses at all but then as i grew as a as a singer i like stumbled upon his songs every once in a while and then sometimes i uh, was singing them in, in the in the in this cover band and stuff and i thought like wow this is actually a pretty good lick here and this is actually a pretty good thing there and then i realized that he has a super big range and could sing very low that's most of the time you don't hear that in his, in their songs but um he can he can really sing very low and then he does that those high notes and has this incredible um unique and very famous licks in, in singing and um when you create something like that something special like that and um yeah, as a vocalist, you have to respect that. You know, it's not my 100% my style of singing because it's too hot rock for me and it's too less bluesy and, and soul. I always need a soul element to really love singer for just to make uh, make it clearer. Uh, I like people like like Paul Rogers and, and, and singer vocalists like that, that, that put a certain amount of soul into the music, you know. Um, but I respect like now that I'm a little older and now that I understand th those um, achievements better, uh, I, I really respect that at that time today. Uh, you hear you hear and see a lot. I don't know, you're you're more into that. Of course, you're more informed, but I heard, I saw a couple of videos that he always, uh, that he um, struggles a lot with his voice these days. And and I hope uh, that's just a temporarily, yeah, temporary it's, thing. It's, I mean, that's an interesting uh topic of a discussion when it's brought up his voice now i mean the guy is 60 you know for one yes. so you got to take that into account yes a and you know you're not going to sing the same way i've gone to shows where i've been very pleasant i i've, I've enjoyed his voice but yeah there are youtube videos where you're like mm, you know this sounds mm -hmm. a little off but it's i guess take into account he's 60 uh yes. he, so i don't i don't want to get too like negative how some people are all like oh you can't do it anymore this that i'm one of those like uh, like Molly Hatchet, you know, just keep doing it until the wheels fall off. You know, if fans are yes. coming to pace, coming to see you, they're leaving happy. They're so I don't want to get into the. That's the main thing, you know. If you actually, it doesn't matter how you create magic, you know. At the end, when it's magic and you you're happy and you go home as the sure listener, and you thought like, hey, I had a great time, a great time, you know. However, uh, you're fine, you know. Sure. So, I mean, because they're releasing uh, as part of their uh, last year was the 30th anniversary of Use Your Illusion, wow. but they're putting out a box set this year uh, and listening to some of they, they released some 1991 uh, tracks. So they're going to and one is released right now. You could be mine. It's on YouTube. And listening to that, though, listening to that Axel, I'm like, I have never seen that Axel, the 1991 Axel. That was just mm -hmm. another stratosphere compared to what it is today. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I don't know if it's. Yeah, I've, yeah. I've always seen this uh, magic clip when on that legendary uh, Live Aid event when he sang Bohemian Rhapsody and stuff like oh, yeah. stuff like that. There was something else, man. You have to, like I said, at that time, I wasn't a big fan, but when I saw that, it was like, this dude. Like he owns the fucking stage, you know, and uh, and and there were a lot of famous and really talented people on that stage sure. at that time, that moment, you know. But he just stole the show, and he that was that was very impressive stuff. Sure, and it's also you, you brought up an interesting perspective because whoever comes on here, you don't need to be like, oh, I love Guns N' Roses, oh my God, they're my yes. favorite. Have any opinion you want. It's just a you know yes. a jumping off point. But you're talking about like the 70s, and then you bring up, okay, who's this band putting drugs in the forefront, almost marketing them? That's an interesting perspective yeah. that, you know, if you're not used to that, uh, because that's just, they were just singing about what they knew, and they knew, what they knew yeah. about was were yeah. drugs. But if yeah. you're not used to that, you're like, wow, you could put that. Yeah, I was, I was coming from Bruce Springsteen, yeah. you know, that was my hero. And that he was standing there and super mu muscular working and man and, and totally different. working man and he's super fresh and, and awake, you know, 
and and he was killing it and he and at that time uh back in the 80s uh it, they had trampolines on stage mm. uh, people forgot about it but Niels Lofgren the, the guitarist from Bruce Springsteen he was jumping on a trampoline making flips and all these things uh during the show and then you 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 know you change the channel and then you see these guys like falling off the stage yeah 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 totally on drugs on the stage and and not showing up to the shows mm. and and people go crazy and and I thought like wow this is like a total different version <laughs> of rock and roll you know this is a, something else you know and I didn't understand it so mm. I, it's the same with Nirvana when I when mm. when I first saw yeah. them so that I don't I just don't get this whole like like perspective on, on rock music i just didn't get it because i was so like <laughs> you know uh, so so uh, yeah. um isolated for all these years and mm. i just listened to 60s rock and roll bruce springsteen paul rogers and all these super fresh uh, uh vocalists you know i liked i liked aerosmith a lot mm. they uh they were doing the drug thing as the guns and roses did then but on the on the stage they they were always in the 90s they were always super fit you know and, yeah. and looking awesome so so they are maybe the bridge between uh um and like the 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 rock attitude that i came from and guns and roses you know they they kind of paved the paved the way to that sure and when aerosmith toured with guns and roses they made sure guns and roses they couldn't do any drugs because aerosmith was sober at that time so just imagine yeah trying oh to yeah survive. really yeah survive that tour so no, that's a that's a really interesting perspective one i haven't thought about before and completely valid you know, I completely uh, get that. So for the New Roses, for uh, Sweet Poison, what are the kind of lyrics you put out there? Uh, what are the kind of what kind of um, message or are you putting out a message, I guess, through your music? Yeah, you know, we we're not trying to cure uh, cancer <laughs> sure. with, every, with every song because we're, we understand ourselves as a rock and roll band. So we don't put any political statement statements out or religious statements or anything we're not trying to tell anybody what to do and and what to think and we don't want to teach anybody mm. so um but what we want to do is we observe what we we see on tour who we meet who we um who we're with and uh it's a you know it's not like a working class topics like Springsteen but it it's all very close to that so we don't talk about struggling but we talk about like the a working man's good time you know mm -hmm. like simple as that and uh that's this is uh maybe our the gap we found um for us how that that works for us and um and for this particular record it was a little more different because um we couldn't tour and our usual procedure to, to create music couldn't, uh, you know, couldn't work because we were all at home and all these lockdowns and everybody was fr frustrated. And, and so, so, um, yeah, we, we knew the, the, the present is like fucked up and the future is uncertain. So we look back in time and I wrote many songs about my early twenties and, and the, the, the time I got like, got into rock and roll and uh the first shows and the first you know the experiencing or or, or discovering the the whole uh, your whole self and being uh drawn into that music and 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 um and what it what it yeah turned turned you to uh, turned you into you know so a lot of songs are about like listening to rock and roll music and then just like want to want to you know, travel the world, be wild, and, and, and you know, wing it. That sounds great to me. So uh, the yeah. new Roses, Sweet Poison, is out October 21st. So you can pre-order that right now if you want to go to exactly. thenewroses.com, the I believe. You're on all the social yes. medias, Facebook, yes. Instagram, Twitter. Uh, Timmy Ruff, this was really cool to meet you. I really appreciate you Man, taking Man, thanks time. for having me. It was super interesting. Thanks, Timmy. And before we go, one more segment. We haven't done this in a while. Equipped with the soundbite. Shotgun news. News. I think this is newsworthy. As I've spoken on the podcast uh, and on social media with all of you about Slash's 
uh, is comments earlier in the year about a summer release, and on the literal last day of summer, that's when the the announcement for the Usual Illusion box set came out, and it's you know, and of course of all the talk about are they going to release more music, and I believe that they will. Like, okay, what is it going to be? Reworked Chinese democracy material, or all new? Whether you like that or not, well, slash on Eddie Trunk kind of said a lot to paraphrase that they still have more of those reworked Chinese democracy tunes to go and that there are songs that are not as, that do not have the history like hard school that we've kind of known about. We don't know what they are. He thinks they're pretty epic and they want to plan another tour next summer for me, hopefully in North America, because I will be attending at least one show if they do that. And then after that, he wants to be feel free to work on a whole new record with Guns N' Roses. That sounds like a great fucking plan, doesn't it? So uh, in Slash, I trust. I really do. The timetable is always flex, but these things are going to happen. Why not? They are together. They're getting along. No issues. No reports of any issues. This band, I, I tweeted this. As I always say, the conversation continues in between the broadcast at the AFD podcast. Guns N' Roses are going to tour as long as Father Time will allow. Just like the Rolling Stones. I put that out there. You seem to all agree. As long as they can do it, especially Slash. As some of you have critiques, and I know, uh, you know, being a singer for anybody is difficult. But Slash, I see like B.B. King literally being wheeled out on a wheelchair on stage. That'll be Slash. If not all of them. Which is just... Awesome, when you think about it, because it's just what, when I started this podcast, really, when I started this podcast, was it leading up to the reunion? So it's only been the last six years that this all of this has just come together, which is just, and we thought it was, it was dead and gone, but it's not. So shotgun news for you there on this episode of Appetite for Distortion. Uh, when are you going to see the next episode? Who is the next guest? As I mentioned, follow on social media as always making announcements, and that's how you can participate in episodes by asking questions or being a potential guest co-host. Or if you want to do a fan review, I might do some shows, uh, some reviews on the Mexico show. Maybe this could be included in Shotgun News. How that? Apparently, another show where the venue and or the promoter got it wrong. And thankfully, GNR still went on and played because apparently there wasn't enough security. They let in too many fans. They cut the show short, just a few songs short to keep everybody safe, which I understand. But it's interesting. Perhaps we'll do that. So when will you see the next episode of Appetite for Distortion? In the words of Axel Rose concerning Chinese democracy, you'll see it. I don't know. Soon is the word. security, I'm going home.